Welcome to Damage Boost. I'm your host, Brock Holiday. Today we're going to talk gaming cons, so let's jump into it. been a minute since we recorded a damage boost episode i appreciate everyone's patience i think after this episode i will do a uh update episode of why i've taken so much time off and uh things like that in the future of damage boost but for today uh and i wanted to make sure i had this gentleman as my first guest post 100 uh he's been a big part of the growth of damage boost as a whole not just the podcast but via twitch uh you you know last year especially helped me out with that um just just everything but a big supporter and amazing person and that's carl hello everybody thank you for all the kind words i don't know if i quite deserve all of it but i'll i'll take it <laughs> oh you deserve all of it i mean we spent probably a good 15 minutes talking about you when uh Chari came on to talk about soul star yeah i know i felt incredibly <laughs> flattered <laughs> i so, listened to that that was such a good such a good episode too I, I love he's hearing. Good. I love hearing Nam talk about the things he's passionate about, and uh, at, I'll, well, I'll talk about that once we get into the the actual like con part of the, of it. the uh, the podcast. Real quick before we we jump into the episode, that's something I've I've learned when I got older. Like my my visceral re- my action reaction to people being like happy or passionate mm-hmm. used to be annoyance. Like oh god, oh like that person, like <laughs> it can't be that cool. Like, like oh like, the cringe. Like you know, trying to act like above everything, just thinking you you couldn't enjoy stuff. And I don't know right. if it's product of my generation, upbringing, whatever. As I've gotten older, and I I, I work with kids uh, for my job. Uh, I get, like, seeing other people passionate and happy about stuff gets me fucking pumped. It makes me happy. Like, other people enjoying stuff. Watching, like, I love it when comedians laugh at their own jokes. Like, yeah. when they're, like, giggling when they're telling a joke. Because they're loving what they're doing in that moment. That makes me love what they're doing in that moment. And yeah. I, I've gotten a lot better about not being a dickhead when it comes to that stuff. I, I definitely agree with that. Like... It, it was so cool uh, this weekend just watching him do his thing. And I'll, I'll talk more in detail about that later. Um, but we I know we were planning on talking about this a little bit um, because it happened. And I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast about this? And you're like, uh, I'm kind of busy. I've got stuff going on. But there was a Nintendo Direct and a Smash Bros. Direct that just happened. I Well, it, I say just happened, but it was almost a month ago now. Yeah. Time flies, <clears throat> man. It really does. Uh, so did you want to just like touch on that real quick? Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of highlight the things that are really important to us. Like, um, I'm probably not going to talk a lot about the um, Final Fantasy uh, Chocobo. I think that's how you say it. Racing uh, game. I, I don't even. I didn't even. Honestly, I just kind of like grazed through the whole direct because I was at work when it happened. So I was just like, me too. Neat. I, I, <laughs> I didn't get to like full experience it until like hours after I read everything that was on it. Yeah. Same. Wait, no, wait, no, I wasn't. Right, I'm thinking about the Smash Direct. That's the one I was at work for, sorry. I didn't get to watch this one live, I apologize. I Honestly, this one, like, the only games that I really got excited for, uh, the new Kirby game, the 3D, uh, like, Mario Odyssey-looking Kirby game, that looks so cool. <coughs> and it's good, like, 
everyone always asks with a lot of these characters, like, are they've never made a transition to good city, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like if if there's a will, there's a way, and like this looks great. Like it's gonna be fun. Right. And I, I, I really hope that, like, Sakurai, like, I hope he's happy working on this, because we all know, at this point, like, he has not been very happy working on Smash Bros. for this long. Right. And, uh, especially during the Smash 4 days, he just, like, really needed a break. And I, I can't even imagine, like, going from, like, you're developing Smash 4, you're releasing DLC literally up until, like, the end of the game's, like, life cycle. Life. And then, bang, you have to release Ultimate two years later, and it's just like, wow, really? okay you know yeah so i hope that he's having fun developing this and it looks amazing like the environments look so cool like what the heck it it almost gives me like an adventure time vibe with like the <coughs> post-apocalyptic world but still like fun you know what i mean with a little bit of shades of the tv show as well the kirby oh yeah box because that was kind of a little bit post-apocalyptic in a way where it was like they were downtrodden and you know king ddd was basically ruling over poor people like oh, kind of like yeah. you know medieval time style it, it really was wasn't it i never yeah. got that because i was young when when that show came out but like yeah all right call me old already what we are <laughs> no i didn't mean just it like under that. five minutes in i know oh, that's cool that's cool that's cool i get it <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm super, super excited for that. What 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 are you excited for from this direct? So uh, I will get a handful of things. Uh, the non Nintendo news I'm most excited for, even though it's I think it's going to be yeah cloud versions is Dying Light and Dying Light Two coming to the Switch. Give me a little synopsis because I, I genuinely don't know anything about these games. So uh, Dying Light's kind of it's one of those things that like you say the premise you're just like whatever, but when you play it. It's it's so much of an experience. Like it's like prey. Like the voice acting and the environments and all that really make it. Okay. Uh, for Dying Light, uh, fictional place, and I think the Middle East. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, gets has an infection. Gets walled off. You drop in as a soldier working for the GRE, which is like kind of like a fictional version of the UN or United Nations or something like that. To retrieve a file to try to. You think it's to help find a cure, possibly. So you go in, and you land in, you end up getting bit, and you get rescued by the good guys in the game, and you're kind of infiltrating your way through there, because you got to get to the big bad guy who's named as Rice. So you, for at the beginning of the game, you use them as pawns to get to this guy, and then it becomes like a moral thing of like, which side? Am I really doing the right thing by helping the GRE, or okay. do they really have the best intentions? But... What makes it incredible is a massive vibe. The vo- the lead voice actor, who also voices Mirage on Apex, uh, does a great job of selling the emotions of what the character is going through and saying some ridiculous lines. I think reading off a script would be <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, and his growth as a character, the growth of the characters around him, how uh-huh. people would deal with it. Um, but it, the, the, the hook of it is... There's a bunch of buildings and stuff, and you basically are insane at parkour, right? And all these zombies uh, are... Okay. Some are fast, some are, like, walkers, but you uh, you can parkour everywhere, and it makes it, like, running from these things fun and interesting and different. I gotcha. And it, it's by the same people who made Dead Island, if you ever played Dead yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah, I've played Dead Island. So there's a lot of crafting and uh, weapon management, because weapons do break. They are not limited. 
Uh, and then at nighttime, there's what's called Faldos, which are these zombies are essentially impossible to kill, and they're super fast. Okay. Um, but you get more XP and rewards when you do stuff at night. It's it's an incredible experience for the story alone, and it's up to four-player co-op on the campaign, so I highly oh, wow. recommend that, it. So it's almost like uh, Left 4 Dead in a weird way, with like yes. four-player multiplayer? Left 4 Dead if it was story-centric. Okay, Let- that, that actually sounds really cool. Which, uh, Back for Blood is out, which is the Left 4 Dead clone. Yes, uh, I, I know that. I'm very excited for that. Uh, anybody who will play with me, I need friends to play it with. Because <laughs> I hear it's it insanely on? hard. Uh, Game Pass, so you get on PC and Xbox right now for free. I might have Game to Pass. just download it on... on it, it's on Steam? Uh, I It's free. Well, yeah, it's on Steam if you want to pay. It's free if you have Game Pass. Oh, I, I don't have Game Pass. I'm not I'm not gamer enough for that. It's Oh, my God, it's so worth it. Even if you just want to get one game, you should pay like 10 or 15 bucks, and you right. get to download all these PC games. Anyway, uh, so that's my non-Nintendo one. The Nintendo stuff I am excited about is the 64 online stuff, finally. Really? Fucking finally, yes. You, you, you know how old I am, right? I, I know. <laughs> I, the 64 is like that wheelhouse. And what I've wanted more than anything is a amazing Star Fox port. Okay. <clears throat> Not that shit that came out on the Wii U. I hated it. Yeah, but Star Fox Zero. Star Fox 64 is so underrated. It's it's loved passionately by the people who love it, but a lot of people call it boring and simple and easy. I enjoy it. It's, it's got great magic of levels. I think the voice acting, the story is actually pretty emotional. Yeah, it's pretty good. It It's pretty good. It's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, Mario 64, Mario, yeah, Mario 64 is going to be on there, which is great. Yoshi story is good. Um, uh, Mario Tennis, which I used to play nonstop with my dad, so I got my little nostalgia for that game. That's uh, nice. I'm sure they're going to build up more library. I love to see, like, Je- <coughs> excuse me, Jet Force Gemini. I would want to see Diddy Kong Racing at some point. Oh, yeah, Diddy Kong Racing would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other, Twisted like, Metal? Perfect. Yeah, no, Twisted Metal is Sony exclusive. Oh, that's right. That's right. Shit. Uh, um,. Perfect Dark would be great. Oh, and then uh, also part of that's the Sega stuff, which is crazy. Like we're gonna get to play Sonic Super. Oh Earth. yeah, all the all the Genesis stuff. Which Sonic is weird. Two, which is gonna be great. On, I think. Uh... Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just excited for Sonic Two. I, I was gonna say I think it's nice that like Nintendo is giving us a way to play these games where we don't have to like emulate them or buy them. Right. Uh, which is something we're gonna talk about in a bit, like how the retro market has just become incredibly yes. inflated. Um, but. Like you have to pl- you have to pay more, and then if you stop paying, I assume you lose access to those games. So it's just like, and whenever the service is gone uh, too, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I know. I just think that like your game shouldn't be linked to an online service, like a monthly subscription service, because that's how like you don't own it at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it should be both. Like if you're gonna give it on the on the subscription, it should be optional. Like that's what Xbox uh, Game Pass does a good job of. Yes, you can download it from Game Pass, but when you download from Game Pass, it has the option right next to it said to own this game, and then boom, you can pay for it right there. Yeah. And you also get a discount to own that game if you have Game Pass. So you're not even paying full price when you buy the games on Game Pass. You're getting, I think it's 10%. That's off, that's nice. I which like is, that. it encourages people to buy those games, too. I think Game Pass, if it stays its course, is one of the best things, not only for the industry, but for gamers because like i'm not paying 70 fucking dollars like playstation was no. they're wondering why shit's not selling there like no one wants to pay that much money and your your version of game pass sucks on playstation you know 
I, I don't know. I haven't had any experience with it. Oh, fuck PlayStation. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, geez. Excuse me. Was there anything else that you were really excited for? What would you uh, think of uh, Splatoon 3? I'm excited. Um, uh, I was about to say, are your kids big fans of Splatoon? Massive. <laughs> all, all three of them love it, actually. Uh, okay. But it's also like one of those games where it's so much just about the gameplay. So I just want to see how the new weapons and stuff works. I don't understand what's going on in the story and all yeah. that. Uh, <clears throat> but it's visually like you know one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. So I'm I'm pumped for that Mario uh, Party's Superstars. I'm excited for Ugh. go back to the the true ver- the 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 best way to play Mario Party. Uh, instead of the ways they've done in the past. I just, ugh, Mario Party. Ugh, you, you know my history. Yes, I, I got kids, so it's one of their favorite things to to do is that. Uh, you know, just just touch up real quick. I, I'm not a massive Metroid fan, but I'm glad it's doing well. Yes, uh, they, I am they, too. It looks great, um, and I love that people are trying to shit on Like, look what you get at Nintendo for $60, a side-scroller with okay graphics. I mean, but... But, look what, but it's good. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it looks. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's, <clears throat> I keep seeing the memes where it's, like, uh, it's, like, the one dude, like, a bunch of, like, dudes sitting around the TV, they're all, like, playing a game, and then there's one dude, like, standing off to the back, he's, like, ugh, look at the graphics, it's not even that good, and then on the next panel, they're still playing, and he's, like, uh, you paid $60 for this, it's, it's not even worth it, and then, like, on the last panel, they're just still playing and ignoring him, and he's just, like, screaming, quit having fun. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I love that meme, because it just sums it up so perfectly. It's like, man, you know, objectively, sure, maybe it's not worth $60, but, like, if you're having fun with it, you're going to get your money back. I'm right? paying for an experience. Exactly. Like, I I could have, I paid $60 for the Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition the the re remakes or re redone versions of it for Xbox One and you, you get we can port it to Series X for free and I would not have paid that sixty if I didn't want that all those experiences more conveniently you know right uh, so you could say yeah it's not worth sixty because they're not great por- even ports of the game but it's I'm paying to have those experiences again in an easier way that I could stream and share with people too you know exactly. so it's 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 not it's more on individual perspective, I think, when it comes to games anymore than anything yeah, else. I think so too. I think like there is some some like level of objectiveness where it's uh-huh. like, okay, yeah, that that sh- they, you shouldn't be paying this much for that type of game. But at the same time, like if if you buy it for that price and you're having fun with it, who cares? It was your money. You can spend it however you want. <clears throat> like you don't have to go around and, and crap on people for you know enjoying a game like geez people don't want people to be happy um and i think uh well real, real quick for the cons we can touch on the um the uh smash news um and oh, eventually right. i'm going to dedicate a whole episode to it uh so we'll just touch on it a little bit today but it was uh you know it's sora and fucking smash it is sora and so smash fucking smash now I'm, i i can't remember your stance on it but I'm going to give you mine, and I hope it doesn't make you feel bad if you're the opposite of me. Okay. I've wanted him in Smash from the beginning. He makes more sense than uh, a lot of characters. I wish he would be included on a smaller roster. Like, because as much as I love that we got that much, for me, 
Like, I used to play on random because I thought yeah. it was fun to get experience all the characters. I can't do that now because there's so many characters and they all play so differently. Yeah, I remember that, we talked about that. Yeah, and I, I, you know, so I've grouped it to like five, five to ten that I go, but he, his character, and I, eventually I'm going to make a video about this and write an article about it whenever I feel the, the time and have the right emotional mindset. But he represents so much to me, not only in gaming, but for like the innocence of youth and. Yeah the the ideal human mindset of do the right thing friendship and i know that sounds super lame and like uh hallmarky and all that but <laughs> like some of us uh had our innocence stripped from us at a young age and it happened you know with with the internet and i sound like an old person etc kids yep. are losing the innocence more and more quickly and like people bitching out masks and stuff and making their kids be like throwing their kids in those protests like kids are losing innocence they don't just get to be kids and Sora just like he he is that character for me so and and those games are incredible those games touch me on an emotional level that I can't express even though I can't tell you anyone like I can tell you three names maybe outside of Sora mm-hmm. that are uh Disney characters and but I still I still play those games I just I played them the feel it's like listening to a song just because you want to cry you know yeah so I'm I'm happy and I'm glad he, he's in there. Uh, what about you? I I absolutely <laughs> agree. I think I, I don't think Sakurai could have like ended it on a better note. You know, I agree. I think any other character at this point would have been a disappointment. Imagine if it had been like another Pokemon or like a Fire Emblem character, or I don't know, just like another like another fighter. You know, like Terry or like uh, uh, Kazuya or something like that. Like yeah, those characters are neat, whatever. But like they're all kind of the same. They all feel the same. They all play the same. They're just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're, we're just here. You know, we're, we're just fighters that you basically ported from the other game. I, I know, obviously, you can't port it, but you pull the moveset, you pull everything. It didn't feel like they were building a Smash Bros. character from the ground up. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. But with Sora, it it looks like they actually built him from the ground up and, like, tried their hardest to keep it loyal to the games yeah he, and, he, like the fact that he's floaty yeah and like i was like and he can basically fly I'm like holy shit like he's not just there like you said he's not just there for smash they built him from the game like up ground up. yeah i 100 agree and i i think that's really really cool and you know this was like the first dlc character i had seen in a long time that looked like a smash bros character yes so i, I was like i was like this is perfect honestly like of course, everybody has their own opinions on who they want to get into the game, but really, I don't care that much. I'm happy for everybody who wanted Sora in, and, you know, like they said, Sora was the top pick from the Smash 4 poll. I remember that poll. I remember yep. voting in that poll. I didn't vote for Sora, but, like, I remember that. And uh, they, they finally revealed that he was the top pick, and they, you know, got together with Sony, got together with Disney, and Square Enix. Is it Square Enix? Yeah. I think yeah, so. got together with Square Enix and made it happen, and that's amazing. And I think he he is a good balance. I think as much as I wasn't a huge fan of having like eighty five uh, Fire Emblem characters in, uh, yeah, it, well, technically it's Square, it's not Square Enix now, right? Oh, I think it's okay. Different. I, I can't I remember know. how that works. <laughs> One of the forms of that company uh, helps make it. Um, but yeah, like I know, Charlie was talking about. I can't remember which fight. Uh, I think a Street Fighter character was 
huge in the the Latin community, and that was right. like big. And you know, obviously, Steve uh, Minecraft's a big enough thing. I think it, that count as everybody, but I guess you could say it's more Western influence. Sure. Or I would and say I th- that just appeals to like children, I suppose. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then, but I think for like Kingdom Hearts, uh, as far as I can tell, that game is pretty because it, it, you know, it's it included Final Fantasy. That's pretty. It's worldwide. Yeah, it's it's a worldwide uh, pick. Yeah, it was it was the perfect pick for the last character. I I have no complaints. It was the combination of like that character deserves to be in there, uh, and there you could argue there's quite a bit that probably don't deserve to be in there at this point. Oh yeah, uh, no, I would argue that every single fighter from other fighting games doesn't need to be in Smash Bros. And like the half of the Fire Emblem characters. I also agree. <laughs> um, but like that, on top of like no one thought it would ever fucking happen because working with Disney is an absolute pain in the ass. If you yep. ever watch any behind the scenes stuff on uh, the making of any of the Kingdom Hearts games. Like, they have to go through meetings where, like, they have to let Disney people watch all the scenes. Yeah. They have to, well, this character has to look this way from this angle, and this blah, 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 blah. That's why these and, games take eight fucking years to make. And not even that, they have to also be like, you have to portray this character in a certain way. Yep. You cannot portray this character in a bad way. That's why, you know, Mickey was the, the hero from, like, the start. King Mickey. Although he does get choked out in, I think, two. He does get choked out, but he was never evil <laughs> was like awesome. people had the, uh, like, people thought. Which, uh, you know, we can all have our own headcanon when it comes to that stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's our, that's the Brock Carl summary of the Nintendo <laughs> Direct from, and Smash Direct from uh, September and October. So we're going to talk about cons. And yes. I think it's important for uh, people to understand who are listening. I, myself, have never been to one. Uh, by the time I could financially really afford to do stuff like that, COVID happened. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that was, um, uh, I haven't been one, so I have a lot of probably preconceived, uh, thoughts on it okay. and, uh, stereotypes and, but you've been to a lot and you've recently been to one. So yes. why don't you tell me like your overall thoughts on them and then go into your, your experience this weekend a little bit. Okay. So overall on cons, I used to be an absolute maniac i loved cons i thought they were the best i thought it was so cool that so many people were in one area and all had this like passion for video games and even like the vendors that you used to go to you could tell that they were also like gamers they were they were really cool they would like haggle with you they would try to make deals and they would just it felt like going into a really big game store with people that had the same mindset as you it wasn't like going into GameStop like with your parents or something where they're like okay you got to pick out one game now leave you know (laughs) it's like you could basically just walk around experience all these things you get to meet all these cool youtubers you get to go to different panels and the experiences you have outside of the con also play into the overall experience of the con like going out with you know with friends for like ice cream or like dinner or going out for just any reason to like run out to like a gas station and get something to eat for a little bit it is it is an experience and if you've never been to a gaming convention i would recommend that you at least go to one pick a small one pick one that's local to your area don't do something like otakon don't do something huge do something small that's kind of local to your area that's cheap uh because honestly once you've been to one con you've been to them all right they all feel kind of the same uh it the size just varies 
But having said that, uh, in the past few years, since I've kind of like changed my lifestyle, I hate cons now. <laughs> I genuinely hate it. It's a bunch of smelly people all walking around, looking at games. You walk around the same area with like 600 people and they're all like antisocial. So they don't want to like say, excuse me. So you just kind of like awkwardly weave through crowds <laughs> and like. And now, like, the people that you buy games from, obviously, they're just, like, trying to make a quick buck. So, it's all overpriced because they know they have a captive audience. So, honestly, go to a con for the experience, but don't go for, like, the games or... It's just... My whole perspective has on cons has just completely flipped. And I'm really glad that this year I wasn't just walking around the con because I probably would have, like, stayed for an hour and then left. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I feel yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, COVID, Delta very even, like, with uh, being vaccinated, I still feel super uncomfortable mm. um, in crowds. I absolutely hate it. Like, I've, I've turned down opportunities to go do things because it's still unsafe right now. Um, I think, you know, as long, I feel like a con might be more people following the rules in terms yeah. of mask and stuff, but, like, where I live... Like, even going to the store, you got a bunch of, you know, ignorant-ass rednecks, you know, I can't wear my mask, Trump's still president! All that shit, and it's it's really burnt me out. So I feel you on that for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely want to go at some point for the experience, maybe yeah, get an autograph should. or two, you know? Um, maybe even to meet you guys at some point. When, yeah, uh, that'd be you awesome. Know, whenever uh, shit gets a little more normal in the world. Right. Uh, I was telling a... a bandy that i was gonna send you guys dinner one of those nights because uh, i know you've been working so hard on getting you know soul star ready and getting the booth set up right so i was gonna order you guys a pizza and like like venmo when you guys at least money to get dinner and then my shifter broke in my car that was expensive i mean don't so worry I about it buddy. <laughs> i life happens and that, right. that's the thing you shouldn't like that's another thing about cons only go if you've got like the the means to go don't try to like because I've gone to cons where I've been, like, basically broke. And that's a miserable experience, too. Because, like, you're walking around and that's all you can do. You can't buy anything. You can't really, like... You, you can't really, like, go out to eat with friends. You just have to, like, go to your hotel, stay at the hotel, or walk around the venue. And really, that that's just, like... That's almost like purgatory. <laughs> it's like... You're just stuck with a bunch of other people all aimlessly walking around. Of course, you can, like especially at the one that we always go to every year, which is too many games. Uh, they have like a big arcade section, but after, after a day, you basically play everything you want to play. So like, what do you do from there? You know? So if you want to go to a con, make sure you've got a little bit of money saved up so you can like afford, I, I don't want to say like, there's a, I don't want to say that there's like a money ceiling that you have to hit before you can go to a con. Like if you want to go, go ahead and go. Right. But I'm just saying it would be prudent to like save up a little bit of money to make sure you can pay for those experiences. It's like, um, it's, it's very similar to going to a sporting event in that respect. Like it's so expensive to go to sporting events, like to get food and right. all that shit. So usually I budget to where I probably, I might get a snack well, I'll try to avoid it and buy one of my souvenirs because that will last. Like we went to Disney World and shit. It's <laughs> so it's dude. like six bucks for a bottle of water. It's worse than a movie theater. And, and they, I work and I work at one. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. And I like dude at Disney Disney World, they keep all the water in the fountains like lukewarm. So like because you're allowed to bring in drinks, but you have to right. you know uh, if you want to fill up your water bottles and you can bring in your own food. I think too, and like 
all that, which is I, I that is nice. That's nice. But you have to carry it, so like I had to carry the bag the whole time. And like refilling the water bottles, you get it's hot as balls because it's Florida in the summer. Yep. And it's lukewarm water, so everyone's like, "Oh, you're drinking like, oh, it's so gross, but I'm gonna die if I don't." And the only <laughs> waters you see are at the vendors, and they are just dripping with that sweat because they're so cold nice on the condensation. inside. And it's so hot on the outside, and it's how they get you. Man, that place is a ripoff. I love it. It, it was sure a great is. experience. Uh, my kids are have nonstop talking about it, but holy fucking shit, does it just squeeze every damn penny out of you? But that's not what we're talking about. Sorry, we're back to cons. That's okay. I mean, honestly, that's kind of how I feel about cons nowadays. Like, when I went to my first con, which was SGC 2015, uh, that was down in Texas. And even then, I kind of, like, got the idea, like, man, a lot of these people here don't really care. They just want to make a quick buck. Like, there was a scalper there that, back then, Amiibos were, like, really huge. And there was a scalper there that was selling Amiibos for, like, $40, 50 $60 over price. But because there was that, you know, that false uh, demand that Nintendo had created by not printing off very many Amiibos, they, people were paying for this. And I was just like, dang, that's not very cool. Um, so I, it, cons are kind of a ripoff in a way. I, I know I'm, I'm like saying, oh, you should go. And then on the other, I'm talking out both sides of my mouth because <laughs> like I'm saying, oh, you need to go for the experience. But oh, my God, cons are a ripoff. But they really are. Yeah. I, I think I think anytime you get a lot of people who enjoy the same thing in an area where they're like a captive audience, it's going to be a ripoff. You know, you're, you just kind of expect to pay that much, which is not good. Right. Cause I think people should be like, de- not, not demanding that it changes, but like not be so willing to just kind of roll over and take it, I guess. It's hard um, though. You know, it, like I said, same thing with sporting events where I shouldn't have to pay $25 or no 40 bucks for a t-shirt. Right. But I really like this team, and I'm here experiencing this with like-minded individuals, so I'm going to pay it. And yeah. You, you and this is the only place you get that experience, and it's on the fortunate part of capitalism, is uh, they are going to, even if they could, they make plenty of money, say selling that same T-shirt for twenty bucks, they're still going right. to sell it for forty. People are going to buy it. I mean, I can't blame them, right? It's right. it's just they're just trying to make money. That's we're we're all out here trying to get that bread. <laughs> what you mentioned was a little bit of what I was going to talk about with the stereotypes is yeah uh, yeah roll through that it's I'm, I'm always very curious. what I always heard uh, more so because I listen to uh, a lot of Kevin Smith's podcast and he okay. does uh, Comic Con obviously every year being that he's a big part of the comic community and you know a lot of his stuff is like geek culture before it was cool yeah and they talk about how awful it smells it and, does. Because nobody there is like, you know, it's kind of that nurse stereotype where you don't use deodorant, you don't really take care of yourself, yeah, and all of that. So, well, yeah, slightly I mean, confirmed on that. I mean, I don't think it's the fact that, like, they don't take care of themselves, because even when I was, like, a bigger guy, I always, like, strive to, like, take care of myself, and I would actually, like, carry deodorant with me at a con. So, like, if I started to get stanky, I'd be like, all right, time to deodorant up. I think what happens, though, is, like, a lot of these people... Because let's be fair, you know, a lot of gamers don't really get a whole lot of exercise. So a lot of them are bigger and big people sweat more than little people do in most scenarios. I'm not saying that for everybody, but in most scenarios, you know, big people sweat more than little people. So it just it just happens. You know, it's not that they didn't take a shower that morning. You know, I I don't know if they did or they didn't. I hope they did. But maybe they're just like their deodorant is wearing off. It happens, you know. Yep. So. (laughs) 
as a as a person who was once very skinny and a person who's now very heavy, mm-hmm. I sweat so much more as a heavier person, <laughs> like so yeah. much more. Uh, I uh, sleep with a fan on in the winter. That's that's uh, if you want to know what it's like to be a heavier person, that that kind of sums it up right there. Wow. Uh, so what are these other stereotypes that you that you've heard or, or that you want to either confirm or dispel? Uh, you talked a little bit about price gouging, which I yep. think probably more common recently with the. And we did an episode about it, but with the retro game market shooting up from, uh, one, people realizing that preservation of games is not great um, yeah. in the industry, and two, people being stuck at home, home bored and wanting to grab that nostalgia to feel good again. Yep. Um, so that that was something you do see, like you said, with the Amiibos and, and such, right? Yeah. Which, that sucks, because like, I remember going to use game stores, and the one around here is still not so bad. Uh, where I live, but like going in and finding like the, a game I remember from Xbox, the original Xbox for like seven bucks and grabbing yeah. it, you know, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And they're not selling those for, you know, marked up ridiculous prices that they shouldn't be. And I like, I go and get Amiibos from the, the secondhand game store here for like, they sell them usually they'll have some where they'll charge like 15, 20, but right. for the most part, they, they sell them for seven, eight bucks. That's not bad. No. That that's honestly how it should be, but you know you don't get that anymore because everybody's trying to make money. So I, I can't blame them, but at the same time, it's like I don't like it when pe- you're preying on people. You know, right? Like 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 a certain demographic, like gamers, because you know that gamers are antisocial. You know, well, for the most part, no. That's I I'm just making stereotypes. I I probably sound like a jerk, but like <laughs> most gamers are a little antisocial, at least in my experience. So these you know these these vendors have the games they know they're overpriced the person who's buying them knows it's overpriced but like it's a thing where it's like it's there i'm here i have the money i'll just buy it i'd rather not you know try to like haggle this person down to show them the right price and uh i love haggling i i do too i get off on that shit dude like (laughs) i just i uh, we go garage sale around here because it's, it's so much cheaper to buy kids clothes that way and yeah, stuff like no, that and they grow fast like what the heck <laughs> yeah like fucking i don't want to pay 30 dollars for a pair of adidas shorts that they're gonna wear for six months it's fucking dumb. right uh but like i i get really into it and, I, and i'm pretty blunt and i don't play around and usually the people who do garage sales for the most part there are people that have unrealistic expectations for the most part they expect people to the bargain and right. it's a fun dance that that we can do it it's not because I'm like trying to screw them out of money and all that. It's just honestly, it's like the sport of it. It's fun. Yeah, and it my, is. And my significant other will just like get really embarrassed. Like, no, we'll just pay this. Like, no, <laughs> no, I could have got that down. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. And she because she's so anti-conflict, even though it's not really a conflict that she it just makes her uncomfortable. Right, and that's something like especially at too many games, which is the con that we always go to, and. Um, that it used to be literally just about the games, you know, like I, I was talking with Nathan about this, Nathan and Alma a little while ago. And it was like the first year we went to too many games, it was basically just like tables. It looked like a f- indoor flea market with just tables and dudes with like big plastic tubs of games, you know, and you just like had Love to it. dig through to find what you want. Yeah. You find what you want. It's 20 bucks. You could probably get it for like eight, you know, because because they were willing to work with you. But now you walk into too many games and it just feels like another con. It just feels like commercialized. Did you say? Yeah. Yeah, it really does. It feels like, Oh, these people are just, it feels more like people selling things about video games 
than people selling thing than people selling games. Right. And I I I can feel it when it does when things get so big it it hits that tipping point of commercialism where you're, they're selling it because not be uh or no it's let me try to think of a better way to put that they're selling it yes to make money but because they want to make the most money not because they're going there to sell it to like-minded people it's right. like if you exactly. have to rehome your pet and you want to make exactly. sure your pet is going to a home and it's not because you didn't love it it's because you know someone else is gonna be much happier exactly and that's the that's the love that's lost now when yeah. it's gotten to where it's gotten because you used to go in and like you would see people that were basically like you know like you and i it's like people who just like video games who happen to have like big collections or there were some like local video game stores but even back then, they were still willing to, like, work with the price because they knew the environment they were in. Yep. And they knew that, like, these people – and they, they just knew. You know, it was like, oh, we're, we're all – we all just like video games. But now it felt like there were – and, like, I'll, I'll talk about a specific experience. It felt like they were just trying to take advantage of everybody that was there. And I don't like that because, like, so at the at our booth – I'll talk about our booth a little bit. Our booth was amazing. We worked stu- stupidly hard on these standees. Uh, to get them ready, but we got them ready. And if you want to look at the pictures, you can go on my Twitter account, go on Nom's Twitter account, uh, at Char I five. And, um, they just turned out amazing. We had, uh, my girlfriend Kalia doing cosplay and she looked absolutely stunning she as Kamudi, the main it. character. I heard like she was the big star of the, she was the big star. Everybody kept coming up and asking for pictures, which was a little weird because, you know, <laughs> they don't even know what character she is. But you know, it, it worked out That's because a then we character though. Like if I if I didn't know the game and I saw that character, I'm like okay, that must be something really cool that I may not know of because it's so uniquely designed. Yeah, like, his design for that character is like you know, it's it sticks out. And that was one of the biggest compliments. Was like everybody was like, "Wow, I really love this art style. It looks yeah. super cool," and that made me really happy. And you know, everybody loved Clea in the cosplay, and so that was great. Um, we had so many people playing the game and I, I honestly enjoyed this year at TMG more than I've enjoyed the past two years that I've gone because I felt like I had a purpose. I was there to help a friend with a passion project. And I loved that. That felt really good to me. Um, instead of just like walking around and trying to aimlessly find games, I had a purpose, you know, yeah. and I had like this drive. That's why I'm a little hoarse is because I was yelling over the, the con to get people to sit down and play the game. So, it, it was just, it was so cool, and I, I loved it so much. Nam did a great job. I, I really enjoyed seeing him, like, kind of blossom as a person and, like, be more confident, have that, like, self-confidence to be like, yeah, this is my project. Here it is on my sleeve, you know? Like, what are you going to, just come at me. It, it was it was awesome. Uh, we got a lot of really good feedback, a lot of constructive feedback, basically no negative stuff. It was, it was amazing, really. Um the booth just it, it it was it was great um but that all being said and and i'm gonna kind of circle back to where i left off with uh these uh vendors trying to take advantage of people the couple i guess it was a couple or the the booth to our right uh it was a card game and i'm gonna i'll leave it nameless just to stay anonymous that way you know i don't the guy doesn't feel like i'm kind of like attacking him right but he was very much like a con man. He was all about the sale. Uh, he didn't really care about the people he was interacting with. He was just trying to get people to buy the game from like the get go. And he even came over to us and he was like, Hey, is this your guy's first con? We're like, yeah. And he was like trying to give us a little bit of advice, 
But um, he was like, you got to hook them in with something, draw them in with like, I go for three yeses. I ask them if they like this, 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 and then I draw them in. And I'm like, okay, that that's great. And it just, he really, okay. I mean, he felt like a carny, you know? <laughs> so it, have you worked retail before? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so you'll understand the way you're describing it is uh, I used to sell mattresses for a mattress company that were made nameless. Okay. And uh, when our manager was out, they brought they would bring in uh, because there were, the way our structure worked is we had a manager, assistant manager, and then two floor people. So and everyone would sell. Uh, yeah. But you by their their not laws, but by their rules, we had to have a manager, co manager, and then those people. I uh, had a guy guest manage basically kind of like he they were test him out see because he was assistant manager somewhere else see if he could right. do it uh, the main job. And he was hardcore, so I was like, you you get X amount of rewards for selling shit. Like, sell certain stuff, you get extra money. But he was talking to me and the other guy who were being trained, and he bust out this ring, right? And he's like, all right, yeah, I sold. I mean, it was like $100,000 worth of mattresses, like, uh, this Good past Lord. year. Uh, or something crazy like that. And he's like, and I got this ring. You know, you work hard, you could have something like this. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about yeah. that like i just want to be able to pay my rent <laughs> you know <laughs> and so when you're telling this guy who's like oh you gotta hook him in like he it seems like he's selling that to you he's selling that like this is how you make the most money you guys are yeah. just like we want to show off our game that we love yeah we just want to show off this it. passion project that <laughs> yeah. my buddy's been working on incredibly hard you know like we don't want it we're not trying to hook him in and get him with the sale and you know what was funny too uh he told us about like his method which was you know to get him to say yes three times or answer the three questions I was doing something completely different when people that would walk by and they would seem like kind of interested in the game. I would just be like, Hey, you want to play a video game? <laughs> and, and of course, you know, you're at a gaming con, so nobody's going to be like, Oh, no thanks. So they would like sit down and start playing a video game. And then on the second day, the guy, you know, who was in, in the other booth, <clears throat> instead of asking them the, the questions, uh, he was just like, Hey, you want to see some cards? And I'm like, you sly motherfucker. Cause he <laughs> saw it was working for us. Yep. So I'm like, you sly motherfucker! I can't believe I can't believe you after you tried to give us like your advice and like make the sale and this is how you have to do it. You just you're just gonna copy me, like ah. Uh. Yeah, well, I mean, you've worked retail, so you understand. If you hear those three questions being asked by someone, you know someone's following a script, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. gonna be like, your your guards up. Like, yeah. Uh, maybe right. that doesn't right. work for everybody, but when, you know, if I hear a script, my guards up. I'm like, all right, what the fuck are you trying to give me? But if I walking by a, a convention and someone's like hey you want to try out our game i'm like fuck yeah you just want me to try out your game you're not I, i'm not hearing do you want this do you want that and you're just like hey you want to try this I'm like yeah fucking sure that sounds yeah. good you know there my guard is not up for that my guard i am ready for an experience when it's it's like the way you did it yeah it was it was a lot of fun and i i, I think that honestly this year was probably one of my favorite years at tmg it felt fast it felt furious but it felt really good. I felt like was it all we, about family. It, it was about family, <laughs> but it was fast. It was furious and it was about family. But like, I think, and we talked about this kind of earlier about, you know, as we get older, enjoying like other people's happiness, but like, oh man, every time I looked at Nam, I was just like, I felt like a, like a proud father in a weird <laughs> way. Cause like Nam and I kind of have some deep conversations sometime, sometimes. And, uh, he wasn't, without going into too much personal detail, he wasn't the most confident person for a while. 
And, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about that and he was like, I don't know. I think confidence is kind of ugly. And I'm like, yeah, it can be, but you know, some confidence is good. And like, then he started working out. He started like feeling better about himself. And I just saw like this, this cool, like confident dude who was just like there to show off what he had made. And it, man, I really just felt like a proud father, like honestly, (laughs) like the entire con. And I was so happy for him. And I sent him like a huge long message on discord, um, after after the con and i was just like i'm so proud of you and uh it it was cool it was cool to watch him like evolve into into nom 2.0 or something like that i said i was living vicariously through you guys uh through twitter updates and stuff since it's not you know it's not televised or streamed or whatever right it's more of a you had to be there experience so it was wonderful to see and to hear that it was going well you know yeah because I'm sure there was always that fear of like, well, maybe nobody's top spy because you know. Oh yeah, we were we were super afraid of having empty chairs, but you know, we did for a little like you know maybe ten fifteen minute intervals, but then somebody would always sit down. Which that's that's awesome. Uh, it was. So you'd say probably right now being a uh, on the other side of the con is probably more more fun than being a. Uh, being a being a, uh, a host of one is better than being a guest as as of right now for you for you me personally yes for the average person probably not because i i've learned that i need something to drive me mm-hmm. i need like a goal i need something that i can look at and be like yeah i'm getting it you know yep um and with helping friends that's one of i my friends i'm very close with all my friends i'm one of those people that doesn't have a huge friend group so the people I am friends with, I'm very close with. Um, so like helping friends to me, that's like, that's a goal. That's something I can like sink my teeth into and like get behind them and just push them down this road. Y- you know, of course I don't want to like force them to do anything, but like if they want to do it, I, I am there 100%. And uh, yeah, so for me personally, being on the other side of the con, not as like a consumer, I would I would say, was... Right more fun but in past years i've had a lot of fun as a consumer especially like uh tmg 2017 that was one of my favorite cons because basically everybody was there and it was just a really good time everybody bought a lot of games and we all had like our our different goals that we were trying to accomplish for the con and it was just it was a great time it was a lot of friends a lot of experiences with those friends so you know it it really depends on what type of person you are i i guess yeah and again, I I hope to one day get to experience it when it feels a little because the ones around here I'm I'm close to Chicago, so right. like it's only Chicago stuff for me right now, which is uh, it's a little uncomfortable still. Um, oh yeah, definitely local local ones here. I live in one of the bigger cities in Illinois, but not not Chicago, and uh, they're not still not doing a whole lot. So um, hopefully I'll get to experience it. Hopefully I get to see you at one. Maybe yeah. uh, one day a dream a dream is to have a damage boost booth. Honestly, like that would be super cool. That's uh, that's a dream. I d- I don't know uh, if that will ever happen, uh, but you know we'll see. Um, this has been great. I am so happy that you got to be my first guest on the <laughs> the road to two hundred. I guess I, w- I was happy to be the first guest. We'll say uh, yeah, and um. And I'm I'm sure we're gonna do a lot more between here and 200, so I I sure hope so. I'd like to talk about the the Smash Bros. 
I'd like to talk about Ultimate. I mean, we've already done all the other games, right? Right. So like oh, yeah, we once Ultimate, that at some point. yeah, <laughs> once Ultimate is over, we I I want to talk about Ultimate with you, of course. Hell yeah. And uh, whatever else you want to talk about, bud. Always, I I got thoughts on pretty much anything if we if we need to make an episode <laughs> out of it. All right. So anything you want to plug before we go? Um, go and try out the Project Soulstar demo. There is a demo for it right now on uh, our Kickstarter page. So if you go on either the Soulstar Twitter account or Nom's Twitter account at Chari5 or at Project Soulstar, um, you can follow links. Go to that Kickstarter page. I'm not asking you to back it without trying it. Right. Um, but download that free demo, see what you think, and if you like it, please consider backing it uh, because I'm very excited for it, and he is as well. And I know all of his plans for it, and it will. It's going to be a really good game when it's all said and done. Awesome. Uh, same thing for me. Check out Project Soulstar uh, Twitter account. Go to the Kickstarter. Like I said, try it out. Back it if you can. Uh, spread it. Share the news. Spread it to other people who like to get in on the ground on indie games and get in yes. on those tiers for getting the rewards and all that because there's some good ones in there. Um, and they're all very respectable in terms of price for the tiers. So you're they, getting they are. good bang for your buck. And if you happen to be some sort of affluent uh, stonk market billionaire, please consider backing. Give, give them even more. <laughs> or, or investing. Yes. Um, for Damage Boost, uh, Damage Boost Podcast, obviously. Download our episodes, give us ratings, all that stuff. Uh, it all helps the show. Damage Boost Podcast on Twitch. Every Tuesday, I do Phasmophobia with my boy Timmy Jenks and the Spooky Boys. I'm currently doing Extra Life. Uh, I set my goal a little bit too lofty this year. I might have to pull it back. We're aiming for a thousand. We're we're hanging out at 150. So uh, I know we just said uh, ask for money for a video game, but also if you've got some money, uh, please consider donating to my Extra Life campaign. It all goes to the local children's hospital by where I live, where my kids are born. What's that? I said it's a good one. It is. and I'm part of a very good team, so check that out. Damage Boost Podcast on TikTok and Damage Boost Pod on Twitter. All right. Thank you again, Carl. I appreciate you being here. Of course, dude. Uh, anytime. All right, everybody. Be good people.